in, in, in terms of the human relationships, the juxtaposition of one person to another, the form and the content. Why do you knock off the bullshit and get to the point? Hey, kids. It's time for Pizza and Pop Culture with our Rogues Gallery of Talent. Coming at you on location from Eastside Pizza in Wallingford, Connecticut. Now serving up Geek Pizza with Extra Cheese. And welcome. Episode 8, Pizza and Pop Culture. And we are not virtual. We are actually in real life today. Yes. Back at uh, next door to Eastside Pizza. And maybe next time we'll actually be in the room. In the room with the boys, the pizza boys, the pizza geeks. Um... This is uh, Pizza and Pop Culture, Episode 8. Please be sure to visit our website, uh, pizzapopculture.com, and uh, follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember, we've got social media out there, Twitter and Facebook. So thinking about what we wanted to talk uh, about today, uh, let me introduce everybody first. Sorry. Uh, so, So we got Paul. Hello, Paul how Harriet. are you? Paul Harriet, how you doing? I am doing good, Alan Spaulding. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm just ducky. And we got Angelo Alexopoulos. How you doing, Angelo? Good evening, everybody. It's so good to have everybody in the room again. You know, what, you know what part of it I think is that I hear myself and I, well, I just love that. Those luscious, lucid tones, those dulcet voice of mine. Hey, no. You know, hey, no. And we got... Mr. Peter Bradley. Why, uh, hello there, Ren. <laughs> <laughs> I can never do voices very well. And we have Mr. Jude Bryden back. Angela, the chicken parm is amazing. Excellent. I, you know what? That's a good point. I ordered a pizza for the first time in Look at this. three months. This is magic right here. Look at that. Yeah, that it, that's, there's a lot of love in there. Is it got a crispy crust? Oh, it's great. That's big and awesome. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I'm just going to wave it around the table. Ooh, stop it. <laughs> I got my pizza. My pizza's good with extra sauce. So, um, the sauce is boss. The sauce is boss. The sauce is good. This sauce is good. What are we talking about today, Pete? All right. On June 7th of this year, uh, Cracked.com, which lists itself as the Internet's only comedy website. On June 7th, they uh, had a picto, a picto fact article entitled Ways That the Film Industry Will Likely Change, and is by uh, someone named Zanati Botez. If I, if I butchered that name, I do sincerely apologize. Uh, Zanati Botez. And uh, they listed 18 different ways that they predict that the film industry is going to change post-COVID. Well, for example... Number 18 is be prepared to see many virus-themed shows and movies hit our channels. (laughs) Apparently, things like uh, Netflix has a series called Social Distancing coming up. Disney's Freeform channel has a rom-com movie called Love in the Time of the Corona. Oh, my God. Uh, Number 17, we're likely to see a lot more virtual productions, much like The Mandalorian, where it is a, a virtual set because this is going to reduce air travel and making it easy to, for people to get together around the globe, and it allows for social distancing. We're getting a little crazy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Has, uh, this ha- has this happened before? Have, ha- you know, ha- has the entertainment industry... Well, it has happened before, right? It has been affected by world events. When we have World War II, when we have World War I, when we have the Korean War, when we've got MASH, we've got um, civil, the Civil Rights Movement... And then we have shows like The Jeffersons and All in the Family, and they, they address these racial things. Is that what we're talking about here? Well, I think you're oh, right. We can go in that direction. <clears throat> How many movies back in the day were about communism? They are inputted some kind of communism in there, and you just didn't know it. Yeah, or, or the Cold War. Right. Oh, oh in the 50s. Uh, you're right, Alan, because how many films during the time of World War II were being made about the war and how many came out subsequent after World War II, even to this day, there are films about World War II still being made. That's true. A mid, like we just talked last time, Midway was redone from the original, from the original Midway. Right. I guess the question is, what do you think about that? Well, Invasions of the Body Snatchers was pretty much what? Wasn't that based on pretty much communism taking oh, over? just about every science fiction film in the 50s was about right. communism. right. And a lot of our a lot of our favorite um, television series, including Star Trek, 
the original series addressed a lot of this kind of this kind of stuff. So I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Peter. No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, another point they bring up is that the period between a movie's theatrical and digital release might shrink significantly. Uh, like it hasn't already. Yeah, it basically. <laughs> With studios not having to share cuts with the theaters, you might see more direct-to-home re- releases in the future, especially low- to mid-budget movies. This way the studios can recoup their losses a lot quicker. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm going to guess that, you know, right, well, you've already said it, money. It's all about money. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. No, no one's motivated to, to do something like that. But um, thinking about people going to the, to the movie theaters, yeah. the, you know, those of us sitting here around the table and... and and uh, you know that are more worldly, wise, more enlightened, more dare, daring, more brave. We're not so concerned about not wanting to go out and see the world right now. There are people that are worried. They are scared. They stay at home, and I can imagine if they have theatrical releases, when they're not going to get, they're not going to go to the theater. They're going to wait. So. Yeah, I can see studios doing all kinds of weird things to yeah, treat absolutely. those audiences. Well, I'm also curious. Like, I don't know too much about movie theaters, but are they franchise-owned? Is that the idea? I mean, there's no corporation that owns theaters, right? How does it work? Is um, it sort of like a franchise? Uh, you, some of them are franchise-owned. They are, they are chained, like AMC. Yeah. Uh, whereas others, like the movie theater that's here in Wallingford, Connecticut, is an independent. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know what that's going to be like, whether those theaters that are Corporate owned are going to stay open, and the mom and pa might, or the franchise owned, they might, you know, have, they might be gone. Who knows? I mean, I you're ma- it out of my mind. You're totally masticating while we're on the air. That's one of my major pet peeves over there, Jude. These are chewing. I'm making, <laughs> making <laughs> mouth noises. Yeah. Um, sorry, Pete. Okay, we got another one. Seeing the comeback of the mid-budget movie. Uh, movies coming in, in in between twenty-five and seventy million are most likely going to be. Uh, original content for older audiences. The examples they give are Foxcatcher, Knives Out, and Vice. I've seen Knives Out. I saw it too. So t- ex- I've seen all of those. Break I've it down for me those. because I didn't quite get. Basically, what you meant. these these movies didn't cost a considerable amount of money, and they're for an older audience. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, they're 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 not your 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 trolls. They're not your 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 Pixar movies. These are these are movies for an older audience, and they didn't cost much. These movies have, according to the article, have long thought to be a dying breed, but earlier this year, Warner Brothers uh, created Warner Max, a division entirely focused on mid-budget films for streaming. You um, see a lot of movies, Angelo. Yes. How many movies? Did, did you post somewhere how many movies you've watched? Almost 140 this, so far this year. 140? 140. Yeah. Wow. Just from the beginning of time movies, not new or new things that you haven't some seen. Some new, some, you know, uh, from, you know, 30, how, 40, 50 years ago. How do you feel about what's happening, what the studios are I planning to do? I can't, first of all, I can't wait to go back to the theaters, you know. It's therapy as, for somebody. As long as it's, yep, you know, it's safe for everybody to be there, um, I can't wait to get back. Just, 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 to set the, just to set the expectation in the stage here, we're all sitting around the table, and there's only one of us wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's the guy but, that wants but, to go back to the theater. Yeah, it, well, Angela, uh, absolutely, it, it looks cool. It looks yeah. badass. You look, you do look. <laughs> it looks badass right now. Wicked. The last time I was in the theaters was last August, so I'm kind of itching to go back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really want to go back to the theater too. I mean, I bought, I bought a whole box of sour dots, yeah. a case, twelve boxes in a case, so I could take it to the theater, and 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 I can't go. I know. I miss the movie popcorn. I, for some reason, you can't replicate that popcorn at home. You just can't. Puppet in the popcorn. That's right. There you, go. you can't replicate that either yeah. at home. We'll get. Well, you, you try it, but you can try. Well, easy killer. <laughs> easy. It's a family show. <laughs> it's not a surprise if you do it to yourself. <laughs> Pete, continue. It's not the same butter. No, sorry. What else you got? We got. Uh, we're likely to see more Netflix movies on the big screen. Of course, because wow. Netflix wants their movies to have limited release before dropping them in, onto a streaming service. Many theaters might. Uh, many theaters have boycotted Netflix altogether. But big studios looking to release their films in theaters and video on demand almost simultaneously. Theaters might not have the choice anymore. They can't afford to pass up every other movie. Does that mean Hallmark also will be on the big screen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A, a good old-fashioned Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah. I, I don't know. 
I think this is good, though, because this is good to see low-budget films actually see what they can do. I mean, I saw a couple uh, movies on Shudder who were low-budget, but the special effects were amazing. They were, like, class-A effects. So I'm curious to see, you know, they can stretch it, you know? I totally agree with you because, yeah. you know, big big movies spend lots of money. And they're, we're really driven. We've talked about this before, about what are the themes, what are the characters, what are the actors, all this stuff. You get independent films and small productions and little gems. And they're willing to take Diamonds. risks. They're, they're willing, willing to take to, risks. Exactly. They're not playing along with the corporations and or, you know, what they want, the big studios want. They're like, screw it, we're doing our own thing. And, you know, people appreciate that. I do. And if you're willing to take the risks on something small, or well, somebody else is willing to take the risk on something small and you release it into the theaters and it happens to make money, well, then everybody's a winner. <laughs> then it gets bought out and then they butcherize it and beat the sh- crap out of it. <clears throat> uh, drive-ins are going to be more, uh, even though they're more usual right now, don't expect that to be the new norm. Drive-ins Aww. are making significantly more money at the moment uh, compared to the walking counterparts at least, but the annual numbers still don't outweigh those of traditional theaters. Drive-ins are seasonal, and it's unlikely that exhibitors will jump at the opportunity to use them as a new showcase showcase, yeah, <laughs> showcase platform. So basically, they're... They're holding things over for now, but once theaters get open and things are things are jumping at, at normal normal paces. Was it this group we were talking about when we said if you want to go watch a movie and really enjoy the movie, don't go to a drive-in. If you want to go for a social experience and a great time with your friends, yeah. and by the way, catch some of a movie that you've already seen, that's a great night out. Was that this group? We talked, I, read I, that I completely agree with that statement, even though if it, if it wasn't us, I agree with it. Definitely. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, because you, it's, it's, you got kids running around. You got just people talking to each other. You yeah. Got, you got, you know, the audio isn't the greatest because you can hear it from every other car out there. I mean, it certainly is, it's, it's its own unique experience. Like, we go and see Jaws every year. Yep. And that's great because everybody, everybody knows the movie. You can hear uh, 3,000 people quoting along with the film, <laughs> which is great. But I wouldn't want to see... A brand new movie like that, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of lot of distractions. Uh, the movie going experience. What else is in your article? We got blockbusters might just save movie theaters uh, with releasing big blockbuster movies uh, like Disney's Black Widow and Universal's uh, Fast and Furious Number Nine. Uh, straight to video on demand would cause major losses for the studios and theaters alike. These movies are. Could, uh, could help lure people back to the cinema. As surveys show that a lot of people are apprehensive about turning to movie theaters once they are open. But come on in and see Black Widow, see Fast and Furious 9, see, see uh, all these other blockbusters likely to entice people. Like, well, okay, we'll just, we'll just wear a mask and go, to the, <laughs> and go to the theaters. Wouldn't it be funny if they brought it back like, just so that they can get back there and you know, start making money again and double features where you pay one price and you get to see a double feature? That would just like great. back in the day... Well, maybe way back in the day, where you went to a movie, you saw a serial in the beginning, right? And you saw something else, and then the main feature happens in the afternoon or something, right? Yeah, or later a, on in the afternoon. An experience, you know, something that you, you, they get you in there, and then you're more likely to buy stuff, too. Right. Snack what bar. happened to that whole idea? Did it just go away? I mean, I think that would work now, right? So you go to the theater, but you pay to go pretty much all day. Well, not completely all day, but you know what I mean, just to get more of an experience. Would they offer free popcorn? <laughs> to get people to go to the theater, why I, not? Okay. Only right? with puppets, Paul. I think it's a great oh. idea. To Jude's point, the, and I think Keith's been out there, but I don't think he's actually been to the theater, but the new Beverly out in Hollywood or in Los Angeles, they show double features. That's all they do is double features. Yeah. And I think it's consistently sold out every single show. Of course. Show. I would totally. And I'd see it like a, a like an early black and white like, and then maybe a main feature that's current. Actually, the last double feature I saw was at Cine Studio. They, they, it was. I, I remember because they showed Psycho and Get Shorty, which was phenomenal. Oh, so. Nice. But so, so I'm sorry, Pete. Is there more? Oh, there's, there's, there's much more. Keep we're, only, going. we're only on number eleven. Oh. Location shoots might become focused on areas that were not contaminated by the virus that shall not be named. While uh, filming in sound stages and interiors will most likely be preferable since safety and sanitation was easier to control, countries with extremely low COVID numbers like Iceland are hoping to attract international production. Spain is actually set to continue filming in the Canary Islands. So instead of going to hotspot locations like the UK, 
you know, you go go to go to countries that had it under control very quickly. And New Zealand, and New Zealand has has had no cases right. for forever. They know? should just do a whole movie in Zoom. That's it. There's just Zoom panel. Oh, that's probably coming. Is that in the list? <laughs> no, that actually isn't. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> Put believe it, on it the is. List. Yeah, like people are getting murdered and the windows are changing. No, no. I would not be surprised if if there's some low budget feature being shot entirely on Zoom <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> probably by the time this thing hits hits the interwebs. There will be a Zoom feature. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, cast and crews. I'm working on the script right now. <laughs> nice. Cast and crews might have to be quarantined together for an entire production. Experts have speculated that it might be challenging, but safer to house and isolate everyone involved with the production at the same time. Or treat it like filming at a re- remote location. I, I, I'm just going to interject here. I was telling this, the story. You know, I'm a Supernatural fan. I've been watching that show. 15 seasons, you said. It's, it's 14 seasons long. Jeez. Now, I only started watching it a year ago. So I've watched 14 seasons in a year. That's how good it is for me. Um, and so the last season is now happening, 15. And I was like, okay, it's going to drop, but I'll be patient. I'll watch other stuff. You know, I'm watching MASH, watching, you know, Star Trek and a whole bunch of other things. I want to talk about a show called Big Mouth, but we'll talk that a later and i then it finally dropped i got a little message in my email hey alan supernatural is ready for you to watch i'm like damn motherfucker i'm like all excited to watch i I start watching it and i'm watching it at 13 episode and all of a sudden it goes on we'd like to suggest another series for you to watch i'm like that's not it it's not over so i you know i I looked it up, and sure enough, they had to stop production oh, okay. because of the yes. current um, COVID-19 situation, um, and they have to resume production at some point soon, and hopefully Netflix plans to release it on to its, um, uh, I'm sorry, not Netflix, the station plans to release it, and then Netflix will get it later in the year, uh, the cable channel. Did they end on a cliffhanger? They did not. It wasn't even okay. a cliffhanger. It was just, it was like the most inane ending Productions will most likely take longer and come with medical personnel. Oh, God. Even if cast and crew are held in quarantine, regular scheduled temperature checks, getting in and out of protective gear, uh, and accurate testing will need to be factored in. Group scenes will likely also have to wait until multiple tests have been done over the period of time before filming them. Well, they can always do their lines six feet apart, right? Safety first. (laughs) Or the the next point here actually is something that intrigues me. Visual effects could replace extras and background actors. Now that's a shame. Oh boy! So everybody's going to look like Tarkin from Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, these are hy- these are hypotheticals. Yeah, these are all hypotheticals. These are hypotheticals. These are, these are, these are, 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 are predictions. Right. And but in some cases, it definitely does make sense. Like for example, catering will be totally different. No more buffets. If you've mm-hmm. ever been on a film set, that's you right. have craft services. Yeah, right. your craft services table is a constant. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a germ factory. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you you go there and you pick up a spoon, you put it on your plate. You, the spoon touches your plate, or your hand touches the handle of the spoon. The next, you know, person comes along, and you're fukt. Yep. And so we're likely going to see less of those, which certainly makes a lot of sense. So that one probably isn't as 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 just hypothetical. Your epic and big scene movies will probably uh, will be filmed for a while. Probably will not be filmed for a while. Probably until you have a, a vaccine, because insurance companies are are refusing to cover any future production halts due to onset COVID nineteen outbreaks. Films with casts of films with crews of hundreds of people will likely not be taking the risk. So you won't be seeing your your nineteen seventeen is is the image that they're using here for this one. Mm-hmm. You've read a bunch of stuff. We've, is, does, does this upsetting anybody? Yeah, me, definitely. Well, what's upsetting about it, though? It's, I mean, I understand with the catering, but, you know, I, I just feel the virus, even though it has killed people, it isn't as, um, as terrible as, like, the flu. You know, people are not, all of them are not dying. People are walking out of the hospitals. I was in Yale for something. And the, the nurses and doctors, I talked to them. I went through the emergency room. I said, where is all these COVID patients that they say on Channel 8, the news, you know, local news yeah. was saying how bad it was in there. And the, the, the guy who was wheeling me in said, well, we have empty beds upstairs on, on you know, level seven. Right, <laughs> level seven. <laughs> but there were just, it's just the fact that 
it's an overkill. I, I think so. People are dying, I know, but it isn't the end of the world. No, but you know, just to play devil's advocate here, I mean, it is a it is a conta- very contagious thing, and people are dying. Um, maybe I don't know what the reality of the rates are. I'm not a scientist, and I'm not privy to that sort of a thing. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um, but it's, it's your frustrated with the controls and the restrictions on things. True. You'd like to see less control. Yes. I guess the question is, is that really a good thing? Angelo, you have a business here. What's, what's your thought about all of this? Well, and I, you know, I have family and friends that work in, uh, in the medical profession, and they all say that it's as bad as you think it is. It's, it's worse, probably. Hmm. And that's according to them, doctors and nurses. Right. Uh, Keith and I have a... Um, a friend from high school that's a nurse and I see her periodically because she lives near me and she tells me it's bad. The, but the question is here with regard to... And no, I, I don't blame the, in, the industry for acting the way they are. It's, it's insurance rules, everything, and you're going to have to deal with it. Right. Well, I also think there's tons of liability in this. Even if, even if it's... It's, a, it's sort of a scare. Even if it's not going to... If, if it's not as bad as it is... It's liability completely because if someone gets sick, then someone's going to be get get the finger pointed at them and say, "Well, you made me sick, and I'm gonna I could come after you, lawsuit, whatever. You didn't take precautions." So even where I work, I have to take my temperature every day and send it in, and it's really just a precautionary for uh, if something happens to me that my company will completely say, "Well, hey, it's not our fault. We didn't. We you know we didn't get it from here. We tested them. You know." So it, it, I think that at the end of the day, it's just covering arses. Yeah. <laughs> that mm-hmm. one I do understand. Right. I mean, right. for insurance, certainly. Right. But I think that's a big major player. And, and, and uh, you know, again, it's, it's, again, it's political, but it could be bad. I, I don't know. It's, 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 there's a lot of mixed information. There's a lot of misinformation. And so it's hard to believe what is factual and what isn't because, again, it get, it, that's a whole other But you err, on the, you err on the side of caution. That's right. Because right. we're smart people. And, but at, to Paul's point, it's angering. Oh, of course it's, it is. It's yes. angering to be in this situation. Of course it is. We, it, it's too bad. Um, and, you know, the world is changing. Maybe it'll be better. The, right. the entertainment... Yeah, the entertainment industry, they, they have to. I mean, you know, they're taking a bloodbath right now, and they've only been down for three months. Yeah. Right. You know, and it, they absolutely have to get back back on track because it's a business after all. You have all. to put the lights back on. I've, got a, I've got a friend who runs um, an arts organization, an international um, ballet company. Your theater, you know, you're working together. You have to work together as a group. You know, right. there's not very many completely solo presentations think of all the theater think of all the orchestras think of all that stuff just like in the movie part of the entertainment industry the visual arts so to speak exactly i mean they're all really it's it's a really big deal because you can't work together but i will say this who doesn't like a challenge if you adapt and you actually become successful adapting then you're the winner you know and there's nothing wrong with stepping outside of the box and doing something you know, you're, you're limited. You can't do something. You're like, okay, well, let's find our way around it. And if you can successfully do that and your product sells or whatever, then you come out on top, really, as some, doing something different that no one's seen before because you did it differently. I you know agree. I mean? And, Alan, tell your friend, the ballet guy. Yeah. Do Swan Lake, but everybody has to say six feet apart from you. That's why. <laughs> that would be wild. Yeah. That's why my movie's coming out Zoom. I'm writing the script right now. <laughs> <laughs> not to be confused. Anybody wants to back it, I'm, I'll be, uh, you can call me. Not to be confused with the PBS show, right? <laughs> Zoom. Zoom. Come on and Zoom, 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 uh, Zoom. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Wasn't that I've never a car watched it, but I do Zoom. know the... Zoom is a great show. show. Have you ever seen Zoom? No. Oh, how about the electric company? Oh, See, I remember the course. electric company. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so Zoom was on after the electric company... It was. was a, it? I think it was Boston GBH as oh, well. Okay, was it? When was uh, when was three two one contact on? That had God. the Bloodhound Gang and you know. Yeah, I don't remember that? when, but I remember that yeah. show. Not as much as uh, there's actually not as there well. is. You're right. There is a movie in 2006. There's Zoom. Was it actually called Zoom? It's called Zoom. It's a. It was a um, a family superhero kind of movie. And had, wasn't there a movie where? Um, I, I should know this probably. Where where Sony release? It was edited together like in blocks on the screen. Time code. Time code. That was a great movie. 
where it was basically one long continuous take of right. four different four different panels on on the screen, and you could basically follow whichever story you wanted, and they would intersect periodically. Sonnenberg did that one. Right? No, maybe not. Did Steven Sonnenberg do that one? Steven Sonnenberg, that sounds like something he did. I thought he did yeah. that, no? We'll have to look that up. And if you know the answer, write us back. Mike Figgis. Was it? Mike oh, Figgis. Yeah. Thank you, Keith. That he does is engineering feel, for us today. It does sound Sonnenbergish, though. <laughs> it it yeah, does Keith, sound Keith's here in spirit. He's here in, he's not. Spirit? Yeah, he's we spirit. can't say he's physically here. He's just floating around the table. He's just, he's sort of here. He's like, yeah. Don't scare me. Now we're running out of time here. So okay, we sorry. May, we may not finish this entire list. We might have to do a part two. No, we can. We'll go on to our next subject. But uh, and I'll we can put down the 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 link to the to the article so everybody can see the full list. That's a good idea. Um, release dates for big action films might greatly depend on the health status of other countries, especially Asia and Europe, because why would you release some big action movie if theaters in China are still closed? That's a good point. So the overseas is a, a much bigger take than here. How's believe, Bollywood believe doing? <laughs> Bollywood, <laughs> easy killer. Well, easy. Just ask it. Just ask it. <laughs> uh, we're seeing this one already. Uh, movie theaters are already capping uh, ticket sales to prevent overcrowding. Yeah, we we talked about that. right? Yeah, we talked about that off yeah. off uh, off mic, but. Uh, but they're talking about you know like fifty percent capacity every other seat in yeah. kind of a checkerboard pattern. Oh, Which, okay. So that, that uh, that's good for me because I hate it when I'm the only guy in the theater. I pick my perfect seat, and then some douchebag comes and sits right next to me <laughs> or right in front of me. It really pisses me off. Was, was that you? Yeah, that was me. Okay. I, I I never wanted to have the stadium seating. I was like, nah, I don't want to do it. But now I'm no, like, still, yeah, I, still hate I like it. it. Still sorry, sorry. It. No, it's all right. You don't like the stadium? Seating? No, no, I hate it. I'm sorry. I hate it. Come on, you were here for the first. Episode I know about what happened. You know, I'm just going to pretend like we didn't talk. About <laughs> <laughs> you can check episode one of Pizza and Pop Culture for, for, the, uh, for the argument. Uh, episode Angelo two, Angelo episode Alan. two, is to why Angelo hates stadium seating. Episode two, uh, film festivals are going online and might uh, result in more steam, uh, more streaming services. Oh, that's good. Oof, that's all we need. Uh, so much so that they that they might each each festival might have their own streaming service. Ugh. Like, like there Wait, aren't enough enough. Of each them. festival might have its own stri- Oh, like uh, like its own Hulu, its own Netflix. Mm-hmm. Oversaturated. Yeah, big festivals yeah. might not survive postponements, but smaller uh, might. Big festivals might survive postponements, but smaller ones won't. So festivals like Hot Docs, Human Rights Watch, and F, uh, AFI Docs are taking it online. Uh, the Copenhagen International Film Documentary Festival has begin, has had major success when they went all digital in April. A lot of lot of stuff going on. Pick one last point there, Pete, that you think is really important. Uh, let's we see. Ah, this this is definitely going to be uh, uh, controversial. If you had any doubt that Disney wouldn't come out on top, doubt no more. Disney Plus couldn't have come out at a better time because it made it made it relatively for them easy for them to adapt to changes brought on by the pandemic. It, uh, Disney can pretty much dictate when and where things get releases. It is the mouse's house, and we all live here now. <laughs> oh God! Wow, the mouse's house. Yeah. So that came from Cracked.com. Uh, ways the film industry will likely change. Uh, I can't do it. Thank you, Pete. That was a. Uh, quite the uh, enlightening. It is an interesting, interesting number of predictions. All right. So before we leave, your favorite outbreak movie. Our favorite outbreak movie. Yeah, like whatever. outbreak. Okay, outbreak. No, you, you saw you saw uh, Contagion, right? Is that the one where what's her face just is, lays dead the whole entire movie? Yeah. So that movie came out about ten years ago, and they talk about social distancing in yes. that film. So, yes, and a lot right. of scientists do believe they they say that that's the you want to know what a pandemic will might actually look like? That's the film, and it came what out about Paltrow ten years ago. Played dead the whole entire. Yeah, movie. and uh, uh, Matt Damon's in it, and there's, yes. a, there's a huge cast. It was really good. Yeah, yeah I the saw movie's that. really good. So they, they say that most scientists say who you know, uh, if you want to watch a film that's that accurately kind of displays what a pandemic might look like, that's the film. My my favorite. I I said outbreak as a joke. I love I love the stand. I love The Stand yeah, as a book, a yeah. but my favorite movie is The Andromeda Strain. Wow, I have nice. to agree with I, you there. I love The Andromeda Strain. Uh, mine is 28 Days Later, if that could be called a <laughs> contagious yeah, movie, sure. but yeah. you know, they weren't really zombies. They were not the infected, so I guess you could get away with that. How about Vincent Price in The Last Man on Earth? That was good. What? That is a good one. 
What about you, Pete? Oh, I'm, I'm agreeing with Alan for the Andromeda strain. Oh. Written and directed by Michael Crichton. Oh. Nice. What about you over there, Keith? I don't watch those kind of movies. Oh, jeez. <laughs> He's too scared. He's scared. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be back. All right. Depths of the comic book universe comes the ghosts of the stratosphere, ready to galvanize and energize your mind with the latest of comic book news and reviews. And yes, that's much better. Hi, this is Andy Larson for Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Join me every week along with my co-hosts Rob Stewart and Chad Smith as well as a cavalcade of fantastic comic book guests as we dish out heaping helpings of the greatest and latest of comic book news and reviews. You can find us under Ghosts of the Stratosphere as well as on our website www.gotstratosphere.com Hope to see you soon, folks. Welcome back, everybody. Pizza and pop culture. Just so you know, that space between then and now is for lease. Um, t- give us a, send us an email. Um, contact us through the website. We'll be interested in talking with you if you're interested in our break space. Just a, a reminder, we're at pizzapopculture.com, and we have a Facebook uh, and Twitter presence. And um, follow us on your favorite listening platform. Thanks for being here with us today. We're back with uh, Paul, Hello. Angelo, Hola, um, Peter, Hello. and Jude. Como esta? And um, Peter. Hi. You gave us some really great information about what's going on and what possibly yeah, that was might a go good on. Article. But it, as an extension of that, there's there's some stuff that's happened just in the last couple of days that we really want to talk about and kind of get it out there and, and wrap our heads around it a little bit. And... Uh, one of those things involves one of the most um, classic movies of all time, if not the most classic movie of all time. Right, Angelo? Uh, yeah, Gone with the Wind. Um, this this whole thing of cancel culture is this phenomenon is really kind of bizarre, I guess. Uh, you, you probably wouldn't have seen something like this four or five years ago, but in this age that we're living in now, uh, cancel culture is really kind of weird, and I think the people that are kind of behind it are losing perspective of what came before us. You can't just, you know, dismiss um, art for, you know, just for the sake of the fact that, you know, it wouldn't play nowadays. And I understand that. And I guess Gone with the Wind was the recent victim of that. And um, I guess HBO Max had pulled it off the network and they're putting it back now with a disclaimer talking about, you know, the insensitivities of the film and so on and so forth. And, and, I when I was in college in 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 my professor's class in film history, they showed us Birth of a Nation, and he showed it to us because of the the director's techniques and how he you know he changed the way films were being made. But you watch it, and it's about the KKK, and it's like this is really bizarre. We're watching this historical film, and it's about the KKK. It was really bizarre, really kind of like wow, this is nuts. We're watching a film about this, and that's the last time, the first and last time I saw it. So I, because, you know, you have to see something like that because it is, you know, interesting in the way, um, you know, he changed the way films were made back then. And, you know, and then some years after that, when uh, Orson Welles came out with Citizen Kane, people today were watching going, what's so interesting about this? It's just the way he made the film. He changed the way that, you know, films were being made. And uh, again, it's about perspective. And I think people lose sight of perspective. And you say, well, you know, it was made back then. We understand why, and you move forward from that. Same thing with certain, you know, cartoons of that era. You watch them today, you're like, wow, that's nuts. I can't believe that they actually made cartoons of this nature back then. Maybe that's one of the reasons why you don't see a lot of Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry on regular TV anymore is because of certain parts of the cartoon that won't play nowadays, you know. It's right. a form of censorship, basically. I mean, it's, it's censor, censorship. Somebody is deciding whether or not the rest of us should have the right to view this. It's hard. Right. Um, we don't... It makes... I, I, we talked about money. I can assume... I'm playing devil's advocate here. I can assume that the network itself 
was thinking about the almighty dollar and the liabilities associated with, okay, we're showing this movie. Is everyone going to hate us because we're showing a movie that has these values, which were, which are, you know, we want to be extinct now. We hope they're extinct now, but they weren't extinct when they were, when this movie was made. It represents the culture of the time. I personally don't think there's anything wrong with with it being in existence. I like the idea of the disclaimer at the front, sure. but it only makes me want to see it more by putting a disclaimer. When you say, you may be intended for mature audience only, I think, yeah, is there going to be boobs in this thing? I'm going to watch it. You know what I mean? It's like what I'm trying to say is it's a piece of history. It's a right. moment in time. And I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Um I picked up uh, one of the Looney Tunes, uh, you know, D- uh, Blu-rays uh, about a year or so ago, and sure enough, in the liner notes, they, they explain certain aspects of these cartoons might offend people nowadays, and I understand that because you're watching, you're going, wow, some of this stuff is really kind of like, no, it won't play today at all. But the disclaimer, perfect. Put it up there, explain to people why, you know, it's there, and you know, and and see if you like it or not. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to change a piece of art, okay, if you're going to go to an art museum, okay, and you got a painting like the Mona Lisa or I don't know, I'm not, I'm not familiar with a lot of classic art, but are you mean to tell me if someone goes up to a classic priceless piece of art, they're saying, that offends me, you need to take that out of the painting. That they're going to say, well, take down a priceless painting that somebody painted how many thousand, well, it's in the hundreds of years ago, and you have to paint something out. Like, it's the same concept. It's art. So you're you're gonna change the artistic the way it was designed back then um, during that time period it was released I think 1940 what was it 1940s 1939 1939 was it 39 well that came out the same year with Wizard of Oz and it was I guess they were the first two color right. films that had to come out right and that movie is considered classic movie in its art it's art so it goes back to now actually censoring art itself that's been created many, many years ago. Absolutely. So in the end, that's not really fair. And the same thing, so in my, I, I keep thinking of E.T. I know this is, you know, with the, with the, with they changed the, uh, my favorite the, movie. the, the guns, they put the walkie talkies in the hands of the, of the agents and they, and they took the guns out. And I don't know how that decision came down the ladder. I don't know. If, I, don't, I definitely don't think it was Steven Spielberg. Yeah, right? No, it, it, it was, it was a, a, if I did this movie today, Type of mentality. I oh, really? I wouldn't have pointed guns at kids. Okay. And then that that's why he had ILM paint out all of the weapons. So maybe it's up to the creator of the art to actually make the decision whether or not he 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 or she wants to change that aspect. Well, in this case, Spielberg actually wound up putting them back in. Yes, he, I was just he, reading that. Yeah, he, they wound up. Uh, if it was only for a limited time. You can get that special edition now. If you buy ET on Blu-ray, it's the original version. And his mindset was, "This is how it was made." No, right. I wouldn't have. I would have done it differently if I was doing it today. But I was. I was who I was back then, and this right. is how it was shot, and this is how the movie exists. Yeah. Oh, you know, right. with with Gone with the Wind. I mean, there's no question. You know, the portrayal of people of color in Gone in Gone with the Wind is very, you know doesn't fit with what we want to believe or should believe or do believe today. It should be viewed in that context. It's hard, it's hard to talk about because, you know, Jude brings up the point of you know, looking at a piece of art. And this is a, you know, of, of all the movies, not all movies are a work of art. Um, Gone with the Wind is a cinematic masterstroke, basically. The Wizard of Oz is considered a masterstroke as well, but... You know, not everybody likes it. It's it's subjective, and it's hard to it's hard to talk about whether things in it should be censored or not. You know, the violence in the Looney Tunes car- cartoons, but I I think that you look at this stuff, and the thing that's different from art and other schlock that's out there is that it, the opportunity to teach you something for you to learn or experience right. something yeah. from it. That's agree. that's what could differentiate and help make some of these choices. Those of us who advocate for things like non-censorship of books, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird and other other books, Lord of the Flies, um, from school books, from, you know, children read. These are perfect opportunities to help people learn. But in America, in the United States, you know, still, quote, unquote, a young country, but we've got a lot of, we got a, we're uptight, got a lot of, 
what is it called when you're uptight and you got a lot of things that's sticking up your ass, so to speak? That's what that's what that's what happens here, and that's not a that's not a thing to be politically correct, in my opinion. Getting off the soapbox any second now, guys. It's just you look at other countries and they're they're way far ahead. They look at us and they're saying you you guys are in trouble. I mean, this these little things. You're making the wrong mountains out of molehills. The right. wrong types of mountains sometimes. So, and there's going to be people that are going to say, "All right, we got rid of going with the wind. Now let's get Wizard of Oz for the sh- the, the, the people. people. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. And then I feel that you know, all in the family. Expect Carol O'Connor's star on the Walk of Life <laughs> to be torn up next year. Yeah, the Walk of what is it? The Hollywood Walk of Fame. Fame. Yeah. Fame. That's one. Well, the same thing with cartoons. I mean, you know, like we were you were talking, Angela, about Tom and Jerry and a lot of those classics. I mean, I haven't seen any of those on, on TV in a long time. He's Judas right. Some people complain about the the violence. I think it, a lot of it has not to do it has nothing to do with the violence. It has to do with some of the aspects of the way certain people were portrayed in those cartoons, which is the reason why they're not shown on TV anymore. And, you know, I, I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, and, and slapstick slapstick um, in cartoons can be, you know, like the Three Stooges is different than Looney Tunes. Slapstick in Looney Tunes is like life and death. You know, the Roadrunner and the Coyote, they, you know, one keeps dying. And, right. you know, it gives people a false sense. I guess young people who are tr- attracted to animated programming gives them the wrong idea of, you know, what happens when an anvil falls on your head. I get that. I get that a little bit. You got to watch Big Mouth though on Netflix. That'll change your views. So, did you guys talk about the Back to the Future cut? The, the Netflix where they cut like uh, was it five seconds or how many frames? Yeah, we, from we the talked about that. La- mag. Or no, it was it was Back to the Future too. Yeah, we talked about that last time. But I want to. I just want to. Another thing that happened just a few hours ago today is that you were telling us, Angela, NASCAR banned. Yeah, they're banned. They're banned the Confederate flag from I guess future events. Okay. And that's a big step, you know, for that particular part of motorsport and world because, you know, NASCAR is huge down south. It's just huge from, you know, Pennsylvania down. It's just, it's just a ma- ma- major sporting event. And for them to do that in what's been happening recently in, in you know, in the United States, um, and I, I totally understand it, you know. Yeah. That end of it, I get. I does, yeah, that's, you know, it's about time. So I asked the question, and uh, we'll do it here on air. What's the difference between banning the flag and banning Gone with the Wind? What, what, is the, what, is the, what, is the, what are the intricacies of that? And one of the things is, well, NASCAR is a private organization, and they've chosen. But what are your thoughts? Probably because it's art, you know. Um, films like Gone with the Wind aren't really made like that nowadays. You know, so we've moved forward since then. So agreed, we definitely move forward. Yeah. Things are we don't make films in the. You know, from what to- I, from what I understand, Hannah McDaniel she won the supporting actress award she did. for. She did. However, she wasn't allowed to sit anywhere near the rest of the cast at the award ceremony. So what does that tell you? You it's know, a, it's it's a shameful yeah. part. It's a shameful yeah. part of our history, and just thinking about it and you know I have my own personal feelings about what's going on today and I just I'm so irritated and angry at what's what's happened but you know the the bigger picture is that if we yes. can learn from these examples and we can look at it and we can say that's we don't do that I, that's not right I guess the question is from someone else's point of view by us allowing it to be viewed are we propagating those stereotypes that treatment that's that's where I think all this has its base. We'll be back. It was the three-legged dog of comics. It was bad. These two gentlemen met in jail, and then when they got out, they started publishing. It should have been mobsters instead of doing what they're doing in comics. Management there was questionable at times. Some of it has to do with people who go to jail. We are sinners. We have corrupted the youth. Stuff that should never have been sold to kids. And then there was Charlton. I couldn't quite tell what they were doing. Charlton was just a hodgepodge of weird titles. What is this? Who am I dealing with? John threw nickels around like they were manhole covers. See, 
cheap. They were cheap. Hell yes, they're cheap. They were a special kind of special is what they were. Pretty was horrible. You could smell them beginning to decay even as they were rolling off the press. At one point, they actually did have to move the comics operation into a bowling alley. It's something out of a sitcom. We want to publish comic books in the worst way, and they did. It's been called the street fighting cousin of Marvel and DC. Maybe you've heard of them. Probably not. But you do know the industry legends that called it home. This is Charlton Comics. Follow at charltonmovie.com. Oh, it's going to suck. Welcome back, everybody. Pizza and Pop Culture is the name of the podcast. Please visit our social media sites on Facebook and the Twitter. Pizza Pop Culture. Those are the names of the Facebook and Twitter. Culture. Also want to let you know that um, our friends... Uh, you should listen to our friends at Pina Comics, Ghosts of the Stratosphere, the 430 Movie, Inglorious Trexperts, and the best movies never made. Those are some of the great people that are listening to us. We'd like you to listen to them because they've got some great podcasts. The nice thing about podcasts like this is that you hear many, many different points of view. And uh, it's all um, information. It's all knowledge. Knowledge is power. And it's free. And it's free. <laughs> For now, until we start charging you. We're going to figure that out. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to charge it. One, one topic that's near and dear to my heart. <sighs> Uh-oh. Where are we going with this? Relax, Paul. Adult movies. <laughs> Otherwise known as pornography. <laughs> I'm making the little sign with my nipples, with my fingers pointing out. You can't see it, but it's really a visual. But seriously... Pop culture is everywhere, and it's, it's in all of our entertainment industries, including the, the porn industry. Um, and believe it or not, I'm sure most of our listeners know this, but if you don't, am I right? Correct me if I'm wrong, my fellow, um, I was going to say my fellow pornographers, but that's not really the right thing to say. Um, my brethren. <laughs> brethren? <laughs> it's just getting worse and worse. Sorry. I know. Where are we Keep going? Digging. Keep digging. So, uh, but the, that industry has really, really affected the entertainment industry from a technological standpoint um, tremendously. Yes? I, I, I will concur about this. Back when uh, it was a choice between VHS and Betamax, while VHS did not have any, uh, any, any fees to use the medium, therefore the porn industry went with the, the, the free medium and VHS won one uh the the tape wars same thing happened with blu-ray and uh hd hd dvd dvd yeah Yeah, there was a there there's a fee or there was a fee to use the technology for hd dvds and there wasn't for blu-rays so that's a no-brainer yeah and and before that before vhs was film and then then uh uh right video and which takes the flavor of um, VHS and and beta. Not only that, from a technology standpoint, but how about those hairstyles and that music? Right. I mean, right now, you know, we talk about music in movies, Paul. Yes. We talk about music. Now, I think I can reach out to you for a little help here. Porn without music now is really nice. Without music? Without music. Because before when it had music, am I wrong, guys? When it had music, it was no good. What? Come on, this is a serious topic. It's it very is. important. I, I'm, like, try, I'm trying hard hey here. I like it <laughs> and when no they. No pun intended. I like it when. <laughs> keep making Easy killer. Yes. I like it when they have when they do like um, their own music videos to popular songs now. But right, Paul, back in the day, all movies like you go to the movie theater, you'd go to the movie theater to watch an adult movie. Right. What do you mean, like the Fairmont? Oh, uh, yes. This is why I'm okay. asking you, because yeah. I'm sure that you've been. I've never been. Never been to Fairmont? Ne- I've never been any, any, I worked any there. of those movies. Did you work there? Yes. No you, shit. What oh, was that sorry. like? I was, I scrubbed the seats. No, come on. All right, I didn't work there. Is that where you got the inspiration for Puppet <laughs> and the Popcorn? No. <laughs> oh, you didn't work but, there? No, no, I didn't work. But the Fairmont at one time, when I was a kid, you can watch Tarzan movies. Then it became... Actually, it was when I moved out to Wallingford here that it got to be X-rated theater. Right. Now, we don't have any X-rated theaters anymore. Is that correct? Is don't look at me, man. No, there's, there's, there's still <laughs> We got the interwebs. No, there's still Where it's yeah. free. There's actually one in Hartford. Um, I think it's called the Art Cinema. 
No, of course it is. <laughs> no, and it's, and, and it's an actual like it's a beautiful theater from what I, I've seen on pictures online. Sure, but there's it. two. There's a balcony and it's got the velvet seats and it's a beautiful theater and they converted it into a porno theater, but it's more designed for couples to go to find other couples. If you know what I mean. Oh boy. No, oh my I god. Don't. What do you mean? Oh Can you spell it out for me? <laughs> No, just kidding. Did you ever see the movie? Did, have a did you ever see the movie Swingers? No, I never seen it. Okay. But can we get back to the music, Paul? Yeah, I'm asking you about the music. You know, I never had any problems with the music. It was always boom, 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 and with a little cheesy organ over it. Right, but doesn't that distract from the viewing experience? Yeah, maybe I. You know, I. It, for some, yes. For some, okay, Angela. What I mean. I know you've been making pizzas and stuff for a long time, but come on, you must have been to the Fairmont or something like that. Well, no. let, let's take this to another direction. He said no. Let, let's take this to another direction. I don't want to take it in another direction, Jude. Let's let's, oh, ta- let's talk about what movies, um, what what movies that were released that actually had that whole pornographic period of time in a movie, like Boogie Nights. Oh, which, that's, okay. that's a classic, which, right? Boogie you know, Nights? okay, it's not. I mean. Dirk Diggler. I think some of us. It's I think one or two people. It's one of their favorite. One of their favorite movies, right? What do you mean, one or two people? Is it your favorite movie? Oh, one here you mean? Yeah, I never seen it. What? You never oh, seen Boogie great. Nights? It's great. Oh, it. talking about pornography. You got to see Boogie Nights. <laughs> Beep is really pissed at oh, me, man. Now. I mean, Burt Reynolds is in it, and Mark uh, Wal- Wahlberg. Mark, Mark Wahlberg. I've seen bits it. and pieces, so to speak. I, I not no no no. I don't. Wanna, I haven't seen Just the, the bits, and bits and pieces. No, I haven't seen the bits and pieces. I've seen. A little bit. Never mind. But it's won awards, and it's just based on you know. Uh, I guess Mark Wahlberg. What was he? Dirk. Dirk Diggler. Dirk, Dirk Diggler. Diggler. Dirk Diggler. And it's a great that. movie, and it, it, it and it goes through that time period in the seventies where probably Deep Throat and a lot of these other movies were released, where these people took it very seriously that they were actors, and they took their role seriously, and they took their performance serious, and it wasn't just the you know, sex on cam. Okay, so that's interesting. So. Hey. We're joined now Hi, by George. we got a, we got a we brother here. Pizza. Good night, guys. Good night, George. George. Good night, George. George we just, love you, George. George, just, we're talking about porn. Did you want to join us? Uh, I gotta go home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he just podcast bombed there. What other? Since you brought it up, what other movies fall into this genre? I don't. I think Boogie Nights was really. I mean, that's the only one that could stand that stands out. I haven't seen it in a while. That's why I'm kind of I'm trying to remember. I haven't seen it in years. But what's um, the Brian De Palma film that's kind of based wasn't on? Wasn't Deep Throat uh, a movie? <laughs> but the, no. <laughs> like the, a, that's even, it's a takeoff of Rear Window. Body and I th- Double. Yeah, body that, double. I think that has something to do with the pornography yep. industry as well. I think in the film. I think. Yeah. But all those movies portrayed, even though you think of pornography as something that's you know just people on screen having sex, that these characters took their roles very seriously. That sure, if they were mingled in with other actors and actresses. In Hollywood or wherever, they were like, "No, I'm an actor too, but you're a porno porno actor." No, no, I'm not. So, sexuality and adult themes in movies helped to spawn the movie rating system. Remember, it was G, PG, general audiences, R, X, all that stuff. Now it's slightly um, developed from that. Wonder if now moving forward with current relations in our country and throughout the world, that evolves even more. Um, to kind of identify what this story is about and more warnings. I mean, I, I find it interesting that we can have movies and adult movies that nothing is hidden and they're okay. They're not censored. Does anybody know why they changed? Like when we were growing up, you see a PG movie would say, you know, parental guidance suggested. Now it's like PG four smoking, drug use, you know, profanity, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, because why did it change? They changed it because, in, in general, they changed it because the, the, rate, the original ratings of G, PG and then PG-13 were not specific enough for parents. A lot of, it, especially now that there's more of a movement towards, it's not more of a movement towards, but it's more of a... Um, Increased understanding, knowledge is power, what we just talked about. So parents want to know what what is in a movie that makes it PG so they can decide for themselves a form of, say it with me, it's the C word. Censorship. 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 But it's on a parental level. 
I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. Remember that in this country, children are property. Children are not, do not have rights. So parents choose for them. And that concept of property and rights and choice is built into a lot of the stuff why Gone with the Wind was pulled. Because somebody's trying to decide for us what is right, what is what should be viewed. Same reason with the Confederate flag for them. I happen to agree with that particular choice because it spurs hatred and violence and that sort of thing. But the movie rating uh, industry changed those ratings to provide more information, to be more specific. Um, And we no longer have movies that are for the public, like in a movie theater or out on mainstream cable that are X or triple X or whatever. But it's also the sign of the times. Don't forget Midnight Cowboy was rated X. I didn't know that. Yeah. When it came out, it was rated X. Eyes Wide Shut was rated X, wasn't it? Eyes Wide Shut was, I think they gave an initial rated X, but they changed it. They changed it, yeah. Because they actually, I think... Put objects in later for some of the orgies. I think they did. Oh, so they yeah. digitally put in like a lamp yeah. in that orgy oh, scene where Tom man. Cruise is walking through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a walkie well, talkie. Well, I think yeah, Keith will Keith will Keith will uh, agree with me. On this. What was the last time something on television was pulled? Was it Beavis and Butthead? They pulled it splash. because <laughs> no. Well, they they pulled Beavis and Butthead because they kept saying the word fire. And apparently some kids had, were watching the show and they caused their house to burn down and they blamed it on Beavis and Butthead. So they pulled the show and they took all that stuff out and they put it back in with that stuff had taken out. The oh, previous episodes were, I think Beavis was saying fire, fire, fire. They took all of that out. I didn't know that. It might have been the last time something like that actually happened you know, where they pulled something off the network. They put it back with all that stuff taken out. Mm. Well, how many people here have seen Caliglia? Oh, it's a terrible movie. Terrible, terrible, oh, it's terrible. It's a terrible movie. It's but terrible, it. but it's still considered into some people's eyes, especially in uh, movie classes. Because I remember we didn't see it in our movie class, but I know some people who, in their film class, that was one of the movies they had to see for some reason. Wow! And you know that was pretty much a pornographic movie, but oh, it, my, yeah. it was. More what plotted, school, I guess. What schools are they going to? And, how can and New York. Let yeah. yeah. <laughs> me ask you a question. When you went to New York's film, right? You did you I was New York Film Academy? Right. Did you see anything like that? Or they? No, just... they did not show us Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was put out by Hustler. It's considered yeah, Gucci, to be a right? classic Produced movie. Produced Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. It, 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 in some a lot film of critics' minds, it's considered a classic. Really? It, yes. Right. I don't know why, it, but uh, so. Nudity gets you the X, but I mean you've but seen violence. But The Exorcist didn't get you the X, did it? And why not? No nudity. No nudity. There you go. That was one of the, the yeah, points you, that they that they tried to make with the, the South Park movie was that they they deliberately increased the violence to see how what would what was the cutoff, and apparently there was none. But right. one but when they started mentioning sexual situations or nudity. That all had to be cut out. Right. So the, the, all these things load on why um, ratings were changed, To I think now the, the top one is mature, right? Or not rated. And there's, there's NC-17, and there's an also a not rated. So not rated is still not the equivalent of X. No, but, but not rated is just people going, ooh, they must show tits in this one. Yeah, I like the boobs. Yeah, that's why, so yeah, that's nothing. At the end of the day, what's worse, sex or ultraviolence? Ooh, ultraviolence. Well, see, that's... that's <laughs> you like that. Is it, <laughs> that's the question, right? Going. I think parents will, will let their kids watch anything that's violent, but as soon as, you know, nudity pops up, they'll shut it off. Yeah, because that's, a, you know, we don't want to go Well, there. has anybody ever seen a movie called Natural Born Killers? Yeah. 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 I remember watching that when it came out, and I was, I was a teenager, and I even thought after that was done, it was over the top. But that was just me. But I could see a parent, if their kid saw that... <laughs> Well, and that's a modern. That's a love I story. The, I think the film was trying to make a point about the the, the over the top violence and how it affects people in that film, not just to show gratuitous violence in that particular. Movie. Yeah, but I think out of a lot of movies, Natural Born Killers is probably the, one of the most violent movies I've ever seen. I think it's safe to say that we've exhausted this um, droll topic that I've I've brought up. I no, I, I apologize for our listeners, but if you have a thought about what we've talked about today, please. 
um, contact us, um, post us on uh, Facebook or Twitter, Pizza Pop Culture for both. Again, we are uh, have a website, pizzapopculture.com, and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know if you're interested in um, advertising with us. We thank, again, the folks at Pina Comics, Ghost of the Stratosphere, 430 Movie, Inglorious Trexperts, and the best movies never made um, for, for being our friends. Thank you. And for Paul, Angelo, Pete, and Jude, I'm Alan. We'll see you next time. Doing that. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown.